Like everything you're doing, you got here because you're having a good time. Mm. So just don't lose track of that because in three generations, everyone's just going to forget that you're alive. No one's going to remember your name. You're not going to be the greatest of all time because if you did your job, someone else will be even better and younger than you. Welcome to today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. It's been a busy, busy couple weeks leading up to my commencement address at Michigan State University. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone out there. If nobody read the books, if no one listened to this podcast, there's no way I'd ever be a commencement speaker at Michigan State University. It was a circle of life moment because I was back in the Breslin Center where I was actually a water boy student manager, then walked on the team and then got a scholarship at Michigan State University. Surreal moment. Coach Izzo walks in while I'm giving the commencement address. There's 11,000 people in the Breslin Center in a a fully packed arena. Not fully packed because behind you is the curtain, so it holds 15,000. So there's no one sitting behind you because you have a curtain when you're doing a commencement address. But I just want to thank all of you out there, every single one of you. Not possible. That dream, it wasn't even a dream to be honest. It's just a bucket list item that's probably never on your bucket list. I never thought my wildest dreams I'd be asked to give the commencement address at my alma mater, Michigan State University. So all you Spartans out there, go green. And everyone else out there, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support, the love over the years. Uh, Really a circle of life moment. We'll put that together. We should have the audio soon. We'll make a podcast out of it. Hopefully it's a a message that will really resonate with you. Uh, The best part about the whole thing was just seeing the smiles on the graduates' faces in the green glasses. Every graduate had a pair of the Equal Man green glasses to remind them, hey, it's all about being flossom. People don't love us because we're perfect. They love us because we're perfectly flawed. And you can cover up a lot of things, a lot of your flaws if you're kind. So just be kind. Kindness wins. Kind is the new cool. I ended it with saying, look, there's an old saying that nice people finish last. I'm here to tell you that's absolutely not true. Nice people don't finish last. Nice people finish happy. Speaking of happy, hopefully this podcast puts a smile on your face. Reminder, this podcast is really designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's been in all of us. Today, we have Alex Hormozzi. If you haven't seen him, he is really jacked. He's a giant human being. He's a big YouTuber. He looks like a lumberjack with his beard, uh, but he's got closing in on 200 million views on YouTube, and people tune in to Alex. He's a first-generation Iranian-American entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist. And he started his first brick-and-mortar business in 2013. And within three years, he successfully scaled that business to six locations. And he sold those locations to transition to the turnaround business. From there, he spent two years turning 32 brick-and-mortar businesses around using the same model that made his privately held owned locations successful. So again, He's really good. If you go to acquisition.com, his sweet spot is really acquiring consumers. Um, And so that's what he's doing now. He graduated from Vanderbilt University, magna cum laude, in three years. Wow, that's impressive. That's a fantastic school. Go Commodores, Nashville, amazing. Uh, With a BS in human and organizational development with a focus on corporate strategy. This particular podcast should have a little bit for everyone because we're going to cover about how how do we be patient? And then how about you do the boring work? Why do you have to do the boring work? And then also be mindful of what you say. Make good decisions. 
acquire skills. And then really important, this is what probably keep you coming back. What are the three traits of successful people? And last but not least, have fun. That's our whole model here at Equal Man Studios. Have fun and help people. So here we are, hopefully helping you. Let's kick things off with some of these great insights. From YouTuber Alex Hormozzi. All right, Alex, walk us through why it's important to be patient. We, we have a want it now society. Why is it important to be patient? Big things take time. All right. Um, I knew that when I was, you know, younger in the entrepreneurial game, I was very obsessed with fast wins, fast wins, fast wins. What can we do this week? And what, what can we do this month? Rather than thinking 10 years out, 20 years out. And the thing is, is that when I, and I learned this lesson from uh, Andrew Chung, who owns Panda Express, and he lives in the building above me. He actually owns this entire building, uh, which he bought for, I think like 150 million. And he owns the building next to us, which he bought for 5.6 billion. Big dude. And he owns 2,600 locations of Panda Express. And he owns them all 100%. He has no franchisees, no licensors. And when asked on it, interview, what the keys to success were, there were two themes that, that came out. One, he said, your customer must absolutely love your product. And number two is that big things take time, right? It took him 45 years and he still continues to grow to this day. And the majority of the growth has happened in the last, you know, five years or so. This year, he opened up 600 locations of those two, of those 2,600. So a huge chunk happens near the end. And that depth of expertise takes time to build. Because remember, we're competing against other people who've also been doing this for a long period of time. And the one thing that we can take to our advantage is if we've just been doing this longer, right? And we get these compounding results that happen over a long period of time. And so I think rather than making this a patience platitude, thinking of this as what could I do for a very, very long period of time? Because the only things that will be very big will take a long time. And I must be motivated to not change my course or see some shiny object that's going to take me away from my overarching vision or goal. And so I think when I started thinking this way, the companies that I had uh, continued to grow better with higher quality people and made higher quality decisions because it wasn't about the short win. It was just, is this going to matter in 10 years? And what are the few things that will matter in that long period of time? And then let's ruthlessly eliminate everything else and just focus on those things. Yeah. When I'm in front of a large audience, I always say, be persistent in the short term, but patient in the long term. I mean, don't just sit on the couch eating Doritos. Although Doritos are great. Cool Ranch, my favorite. It's all about being persistent in the short term. Go for it. Do it. Work hard, but then be patient for the long term. All right. Now talk to me about, so entrepreneurs, and this is true for entrepreneurs, true of any vocation, you're in a nonprofit. There's a lot of work that we'd classify as boring or work we don't want to do. Why is it important for us to do the boring work? There's a saying in our community called do the boring work. And a lot of times we don't confront the work that we that must be done because it's not exciting or sexy and it feels somehow like it's beneath us. You know, prospecting and doing $100 a day can feel tedious. You know, posting and repurposing the same content across lots of different media sources can feel tedious. You know, reaching out to people you know and asking them if they know someone uh, who might be interested in your products or services might feel tedious. Or creating, you know, 100 different ad variations with different hooks and headlines can seem tedious. It's very easy to understand understand, very hard to do, mostly because people don't have the discipline and the work ethic to go through the boring work, which kind of leads to the second one here, which is that um, there's a saying between my, my, my closest friend and I, Dr. Kashi, uh, violence is the answer. Uh, sometimes when you have this outcome that you must achieve in your life because of the goals and insecurities that we have uh, set upon ourselves, uh, that just being violent with the level of activity that we are doing ultimately get us much closer than uh, you know the nuances and the skill that sometimes we like to project and pretend matter more than just 
physically doing a sheer higher volume of work. Number three is that if you do more than you are doing right now, you will get more than you currently have. And that is a promise and you can take that to the bank. And number four is do what matters most first. So right now you probably have lots of things that you know fill up your day in the morning, all that kind of stuff. But the things, there are only four activities that will actually generate more business for you, period, that is new, all right? Number one is reaching out to people you know. Number two is posting to an audience that you know. Number three is reaching out to people who you don't know one-on-one. And number four is, is advertising, right? Those are the four, only four ways that you can get new clients. And so if you're not doing one of those four things and you're struggling to get customers, you're not doing lots of those four things as your primary activities, then that is probably one of the reasons that you don't have the amount of customers that you wish you had, all right? And so what I wanna do is take this quick moment to introduce an equation that uh, I've thought a lot about, but it's V times S times D. So volume times skill times time. And this is uh, kind of a flywheel uh, that feeds itself and which, and I'll get to the actual like wording behind this, but essentially the more volume to do, the better you are at it and longer you do it, the more throughput you will ultimately have. The more outcome, the more clients, the more sales, the more leads you will ultimately have from doing it. All right, so let's dive into this in a little bit more. So in other words, and this is based in just like pure foundational principles of logic, right? The more we do, the better we get. The better we get, the more we do because we like it, because we're better at it, right? And the longer we do something, the better we get. The better we get, the longer we do it. I got two books, What Happens in Vegas Stays on YouTube and What Happens on Campus Stays on YouTube. Do you feel this is still true? Is it important for us to watch what we say? Those books are really about how to produce and protect your best digital stamp, which we know is your reputation. Is it important for us to watch and be mindful of what we say? When you make I am statements, they are the strongest statements that you can make because they are deeply embedded beliefs about what you believe about yourself. And so if you say, I, ha I am this way, when you describe yourself, when you meet someone new, you meet a girl on a date and you're like, I am, I have a short fuse, right? I have a temper, I am disorganized, I am not good with time, I am not good with money, I hate even saying this, right? But just to give you the types of things that people say all the time that do not serve them. Does this belief serve me? If it does not, stop saying it, period. And say something else, right? Or at the very least, if you feel compelled to have to describe this thing, then say, I have a tendency or I struggle with behaviors that are this way, rather than I am, number one. Number two, be incredibly weary of the superstitions and routines and religion that you adhere to, that you claim is the source of your productivity, creativity, alertness, mental well-being, subject, you know, happiness, whatever it is, or the converse of that, if you lack it, the threats or the punishments that you speak over yourself, if I am not, I am agitated, I have a short fuse, I can't focus, I'm not productive, I don't have energy, all of these things are just weaknesses that you literally build into yourself, so stop. All right, that makes sense. So we gotta watch what we say, be mindful of what we say, we gotta make good decisions. Going a little further, let's double click on that. Good decisions. Decisions really determine the success or failure of our businesses. How do we make better decisions? And one of the things that I live by is that we're one decision away from changing our life forever, right? You're one decision away from drinking and getting killed in a car, car accident. You're one decision away from, you know, cheating on your spouse and destroying your marriage. You know, you're one, one terrible comment away from destroying your child, right? And you're also one decision away from destroying your business if you so chose. So decisions are the wellspring of life, or at least the, the, the train track 
uh, splits uh, of where we're going to end up. All right, learning to make the decisions is an important concept, but believe it or not, for this video, what I wanna focus on is actually the environment under which to make the decision. During this process, one of the things that was very frustrating for me, um, and this decision took me about uh, 12 months to make, and uh, I'll make, I'll explain what the decision was in, in, a, in another video in the future, but it's safe to say like it was, it was a hugely impactful decision in my life, financially and otherwise. One of the difficulties that I was having is that the information that I had was not changing and yet my decision of which way to go continued to falter. All right, so I kept ping-ponging back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And so I was like, it's not my decision-making process, right? And the data that I have to make this decision is unchanging and yet at different days, I would have different outcomes, which to me is big red flag danger alert in terms of like the, the um, a leading indicator of a bad decision. Mind you, as a quick caveat to this, this is not how you need to make all the decisions in your life. I would say that you should find and use this process for the most important decisions you make in your life. Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to live? What are you going to work on, right? What are you going, like, those are the decisions, you know, are we gonna make this big strategic change in our business? Those are big, irreversible decisions. And that's the key for me is that if a decision is irreversible, comma, and has downstream consequences, then those are the ones that I take more time to analyze, all right? Now, here's the here's the, the piece that I was missing in my equation for making these decisions, which I wanna share with you, all right? One of the key pieces of how we decide is the brain chemistry that is going on. So whether you have lots of dopamine, lots of serotonin that are circling around in your brain will ultimately affect how you make decisions. Believe it or not, we are 100% emotional decision makers. The thing is, is what we want to do is control the extent to which the emotions control our decisions. All right, that's the key point here. If you don't acknowledge that emotions weigh into all of your decisions, even your quote rational ones, you are lost, all right? What you can do is first identify when you are feeling emotional, and a lot of guys feel like this, this is like a, a, a foo-foo term. If you're angry, it's emotional. If you're insecure, that's emotional. Like there are other emotions beside being a pansy. If you have emotions, it decreases the speed with which you make decisions and mistakes love a rush decision. You can say it with me, mistakes love a rush decision. It's one of the credos that Layla and I live by. The environment under which we make this decision is important. Now, we have to acknowledge the biases that we have. Here's where emotions get even worse. You have two biases that you have to fight against. One is confirmation bias, which is your emotional soup in your brain is going to say, this is what I want because this is how I feel safe. Then your logical brain will search out reasons or data to support that thing, right? It's like making an argument to yourself. The problem is you may change your argument, but it's not going to change reality, which means that the decision can be good or bad based on the soup that we started as the predisposition towards how we were going to gather data. The second is conviction bias, which is how convicted am I in this thing or this decision? The more you believe in it or the more you want the positive outcome to occur, the more you will purposefully blind yourself because you want to save your ego and how you feel about yourself because you it makes you feel good to think about this positive outcome. But it does not affect the percentage likelihood that it actually occurs in the real world, which is why you see other people, because you can be rational about others, you see other people make these terrible decisions and you think to yourself, why on God's earth would they make those decisions? When in reality, that person is you and it's other people who are looking at you.
Is it important just to play to our strengths or is it important to do both? You continue to play to your strengths, but continue to acquire skills. Is it important for us to continue to learn, continue to acquire skills? I mean, it's totally be like, yeah, of course you should acquire skills, but someone might counter argue, me sometimes. No, just go deep on your strengths. Go, go deep on the skills that you already have. What are your thoughts? One of the things that I get asked a lot when I go, well, on the rare occasions that I go out in public <laughs> is you know, how do I make more money? How did you get started? What should I be investing in? And I think that it's really important to understand that if someone's able to achieve something faster than you, they're using the same resources that you have from a time standpoint. And so it just means that they're allocating their attention in places that they're getting disproportionate returns on it, right? And so the objective is how can we find the biggest ROI buckets that we can put our time into so that we can extract as much value as humanly possible as fast as possible. And so my belief in this is that information is the single best investment that you can have because information is the only thing that buys you time. Does that make sense? A lot of people want to go faster, but then they don't want to spend money on learning how to go faster. And that is the only thing that gets you from point A to point B in a shorter period of time. And so where it gets really interesting is how do you acquire those skills? And so I'll give you, can I give you two like habits that I think have done really well for me in terms of acquiring skills? So the first thing is, so like, I was up today at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm usually in bed right now. <laughs> so this is my amped voice. But I, I say that because I also know some, I have a few billionaire friends who are, who are night owls. And so I don't think it's a morning thing specifically. I think it's more important that you can always have four to five hours a day of uninterrupted time to yourself. The biggest breakthrough that I was able to have in my own life from a business standpoint came when I was able to move the big pieces forward every single day because I started my day that way. And for me, that's when I'm the most creative is in the morning. And so that's where I invest all of my time in getting and acquiring skills. You're obviously successful. You've been around a lot of successful people. You've even helped people be successful. Are there any common traits that you've determined or uncovered and discovered of successful people? There's three traits that people, then they looked at, because they were trying to find habits of highly successful people. And when they actually pulled apart, it's not, you know, and I hope I'm not con con contradicting anything, um, but there's people who are really rich who wake up really late and work really late. And there's people who are really rich who wake up really, really early. And there's people who are really rich who eat really healthy. And there's people who are really rich who drink Coca-Cola and eat French fries every day. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these things that we want to make as truths, but there, there's easy examples that counter those things. So it's like, what are the few things that are true, or at least that seem to be present in all of the situations? And it seems as though there were surprisingly few. And so the three common traits that they had, uh, that they had found were, one, that people have a superiority complex. They believe they're better than others, and they believe that they deserve more than everyone else does, and that they can accomplish big goals, mm -hmm. right? So they have a bigger vision because they believe they deserve it, or whatever it is, that they were able to identify that. The second thing that they would identify is that they had crippling insecurity, and which, which is a paradox of paradoxes. They feel they'll never be enough, um, and they'll always be measured against the things that they've achieved. And so you've got this crazy dynamic between they, they think they're better than everyone, they think they deserve more, they want to go after this big hill, and at the same time, they fear they'll never be good enough, and they'll never actually achieve it, and they actually suck. Mm. And then the third piece, which kind of adds the beautiful like, mix of this, is impulse control. Yeah. And so they're able to control their actions and focus on a single thing for an extended period of time. And so if you put those three things together, it's like you've got a big goal that's pulling you this way. You've got this big fear that you are running away from. 
and then you've got impulse control to keep you focused on the one thing that matters. Yes. And if you do that, if you, if you are the type of person who, who has those traits, then you are very likely to be successful. If you had any parting words for the audience here on the Super U podcast, what would they be? Keep having fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, it would be like, if I had hit that at that point, you'd be like, keep doing it. Like, everything you're doing, you got here because you're having a good time. So just don't lose track of that because in three generations, everyone's just going to forget that you're alive. No one's going to remember your name. You're not going to be the greatest of all time because if you did your job, someone else would be even better and younger than you. And so, like, the only point of the game is to play. It would just remind me of something that I already know to be true, but it would just be from future me. Hopefully, he would just say it perfectly to my heart. <laughs> Have fun, people. <laughs> we always get down in that kelp, right? At the bottom of the ocean. Can't see in front of us. But just have fun. Our whole motto here at Equal Man Studios, we get we get caught up into it. We get caught in that hamster wheel as well. But it's all about have fun, help people. Thanks for helping me each and every day. I can't help thank you enough. Thanks for allowing us to have this fun with you. And it's a blast working with Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course, Kelsey Gomez to put this podcast, the Super U podcast together each and every week. And it's not possible without you, the listener. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. And thanks to our sponsor, Amazon Prime. I can't believe how quick they get stuff to you. And the best thing I love about Prime... If it doesn't fit, ship it back. I don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, they even told me they're going away with it, but how is that even possible? That you can actually don't like something and you ship it back for free. Isn't that incredible? I think it's incredible. Uh, but you're incredible. Incredible listeners. I hope this helped unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. We are all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. And until next time, this is Equal Man reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Three, two, one. Super, 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 super. Super you.